Thank you for downloading the Wrestling Journalist, starring me, Ryan Van Vliet, and uh, co-hosted by Sonic Gino. Before we uh, before we roll the footage or roll the tape from last evening's uh, Trova.live slash Vliet's live stream, I want to give you a preface. Uh, I am sick. I'm a little sick. Really, really exhausted. But Gino and I got on the mics. We went for at least an hour. That was my goal was to go an hour with Gino, which many would say is like going eight rounds with Logan Paul or Jake Paul. Uh, but we had a good time. We talked a lot about wrestling. Uh, obviously, wanted to honor Jerry Jarrett. Uh, rest in peace to a wrestling legend, uh, founder of the USWA. So we do get into that. We cover a lot of Impact Wrestling and and a lot of New Japan. New Japan has a big show this weekend. So I apologize for the energy. Again, not feeling my best. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday. There were also in the talks of maybe doing a post show for No Surrender, which is Impact Wrestling's big show on Friday. Let me confirm the date for you real quick. On Friday, uh, November, November, February 24th. That, that's where I'm at, okay? I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but stay tuned uh, to the Discord. Stay tuned to this feed here. I'm still on my social media fast, so I'm trying not to post on there. If I do post on there, it's through third-party apps. Whatever, whatever I'm saying. Yeah, enjoy Vleeties or enjoy the wrestling journalist in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the wrestling journalist. Uh, oh my gosh, you know, you and I, right before we hit live, even though I already had hit live, uh, what a day it has been. My goodness. So, uh, like, and, and immediately, like, right before I hit live, I've been on a social media fast. I've been bragging about my lack of social media. So, I didn't know. That Jerry Jarrett, Gino. Jerry Jarrett had passed away. Like, did this just happen? This was just, and that's like a few hours ago. I read it up myself. I was like, uh, Jerry, just father, not just losing more and more of his family, which is sad, especially like how impactful Jerry Jarrett is to pro wrestling, not just in the territories, but like even TNA. He's just been there for everything, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, you you even hear USWA and the horror stories that came out of USWA, his 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 literal impact on the professional wrestling industry. It is kind of and, – and he's been in the spotlight because of Jeff Jarrett's podcast. Like, I didn't really know how, how – like, the role that Jerry Jarrett had in professional wrestling until Jeff had his podcast. And I was like, wow, Jerry Jarrett was around for a lot of shit. He was always just the joke of all the Bruce Pritchard jokes. Like, that was – that was Jerry Jarrett's role in professional wrestling for me. So it, I was always like, oh, wow, like J Jeff has a lot more I interesting stories about his dad and his contributions to the business. But kind of kind of odd. It just seems random, doesn't it, that like Jeff Jarrett or Jerry Jarrett's dead now? That doesn't seem right. It really doesn't seem right, especially like even his age. Like, yes, you would be like, oh, this would just naturally happen to anyone his age. But even with that, like I still was like in shock that Jerry Jarrett's past. I just didn't expect it. Yeah, and and in a weird way, Gino. I mean, good for you that it did because I asked you earlier, like, Gino, what headlines do we have? What what wrestling gossip are we? Are you do you know about? You're always you're you know all the hotness. So I'm assuming that Gino's about to hit me with like, dude, wait until you hear who debuts this Thursday on Impact. Wait until you hear this news. Wait until you hear this news. And I was just like, oh my gosh, Gino's about to hit me with some heavy shit. And all you wrote, you wrote me a paragraph. I mean, I'll give you that. You did write a paragraph. And I'm going to read it, you know. It said, uh, impact. I mean, I would like. I would also like to talk about what's going on this week on Dynamite. But, man, really, impact has been the only promotion I actually care about and I actually enjoy watching. WWE has moments where they shine. It can be enjoyable while AEW is going downhill but still tries to put on as good of a show as they can. 
but impact. Even with all the stuff they throw at the wall to see what works, I find it to be more entertaining than the alternatives. I know Mania season, uh, everything will be heating up. GCW even has a ton of great matches booked for Mania week. Gino, that was the that was the headline. The headline was this paragraph about how much you love Impact Wrestling. That was the only thing that really matters because the only thing I also thought of later, like I should show you this in case you didn't see it, was NWA. Enough said. The only one clip that mattered, A. Rye almost dying. Yeah, so that was also a bit of a viral moment, wasn't it? Like I had people messaging me. Uh, people were message messaging me about like, oh, Alex Riley looks terrible. What happened to Alex Riley? So there's a lot of ways we can go here, but yeah, he let's... He hate me, says Gino, spewing a bunch of nonsensical bullshit in the DMS couldn't be. Oh, hey, dude, Gino, a paragraph. Like, I, I literally, I, I never do this. I gave you, like, the reins. I was just opening the floor, like, Gino, hey, uh, what wrestling topics would you like to discuss? Like, do I never do that. I never do that when you and I are talking. So I, I like, yeah, let's ask Gino. Let's get some input from Gino. Like, what does he think we should be doing? And you just wrote the longest paragraph about impact, bro. Like, um, all of it, like all of that. So, so, and is that, is that real take? Is that, is that real take? You don't like AEW right now? Because I know that we pretend to hate AEW, but every Wednesday we're sitting there fucking hooked. I, and I've not been as hooked as I used to be, man. That's like, AEW has changed for me. Like it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like all in. Doesn't feel like first two years of AEW. It's completely different now with all the changes they've had to make, all the pivots they've had to make. I don't feel the same as I used to for AEW. Yeah. Do, do you think a lot of it is AEW, like I now do been through impact through all the years? Yeah. Do, I kind of think a lot of it is what I say. Like, um. Like a lot of what I uh, like, a lot of what I've been saying with AEW is they rely so heavily on the huge debut or the huge surprise, and eventually that's going to run out. They're going to run out of that, and they're kind they kind of have now. And now when the guys do show up, we're a little like we don't want them there. We don't want to see like we've already had Miro, we've already had Adam Cole, we've had Swerve, we've had Keith Lee, uh, Daniel Bryan, even we've had all these huge guys come from WWE. Or from other wrestling promotions, and they don't they don't hit. I don't think they hit like Tony Khan thinks that they're gonna hit. They have their huge moment, like oh my, they're here, they've arrived. But then after that, it kind of all it all the Cesaro even they give like a Cesaro debut. Like that was so we were so excited to see Claudio outside of WWE. Has he been on Dynamite for like three or four? I haven't seen him in months. He's only been there like help out Mox be like, oh, Mox, you're okay. I'm here with you to support you. Me and you are here. We're still Blackpool Combat Club for life. It's really wild what they're doing with Claudio. But like the biggest example of that, because you and I love Impact, and we're like, Ethan Page is finally free. He doesn't need to do this comedy, karate man stuff that he wanted to do. He can be a pro wrestler, and they've not known what to do with Ethan Page. They've not known how to book Ethan the page each page has been fucking floundering when you and i were like the north is the best tag team for years it's like this is it and it's because josh alexander was it'll be the great contrast to help push eat the page to that amazing superstar that he got to be with the north yeah i think i think we're opposite on that i think that ethan page sucks so when you're trying to say like oh he got to go to aew this is going to be great i thought it was going to be terrible from the beginning i just i kept nodding my head like why would you leave impact you're you're an impact original you have josh alexander there to always rely on you're 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 a really good wrestler for the third ranked or the the whatever ranked wrestling promotion impact was at that time. 
having like going for, and he wasn't even like a top five guy in impact at that time. So for him to be a top five guy, let's say top ten guy in impact, to then try and go try his hand in AEW, he was outmatched from the very beginning. I never thought he was gonna do well in AEW. Like it just it didn't fit. And even his stuff with Men of the Year was bad. There there's no there's no level of, hey, this is gonna work out for Ethan Page. I sadly think the best thing Ethan Page should do if he wants to get it over. Like I'm sure he's happy with how much he's making. He's probably making good living. He's able to take care of his family. You know that's good for him. respect for him. <laughs> but I the party wants to have him and Josh Alexander one more time just reform the North and just show the East why the North is the best tag team in the past few years. Well, I can't you imagine now how awesome their match would be? Like if they had a match, if they had some sort of a rivalry now where we got to see. Like the this champion version of Josh Alexander and heel Ethan Page, uh, we do not need Stokely Hathaway. So is that can you can you take an L on that one, Gino? He has come to AEW and has been awful. Like, is there anything about Stokely Hathaway you still find redeemable? Like, Ethan Page can be an asshole on his own. He doesn't need some nerd behind him. I could say that. Ethan Page does not need a mouthpiece like Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway is a good mouthpiece for those who need a mouthpiece. But I feel like people like a Big Bill and Ethan Page do not need a mouthpiece. Maybe the guns. The guns could use them. The guns with Stokely, I think, could do a good job. We don't need the guns talking. Colton Gunn could just be an amazing worker. And Oscar could be the irritating comedic effect. But we have just an amazing team. If they put just Stokely with them, Ethan and Big Bill be a solo act. We don't need Stokely with them. Cassidy just cast a spell. I'm going to have to fuck around with uh, with Stream Elements again. or I don't remember which one I was using, Stream Labs, because... It hasn't been playing sounds for a while. Kevin's right. We might have to go in and tinker with everything. Although this is the series finale. I mean, you know, I was telling you before we started. Last week was like Manscaped week. I was so excited. I had all these great plans. And I've been so just fucking busy. I haven't even been, I've been out here in days. Like, this used to be my haven. I used to get to come in here, escape from the world, hop on a microphone, and, and oh my gosh, it has not been that these past couple of weeks, Gino. So, but hey, you and I are here. Let's enjoy what we have. Let's enjoy this time together. Let's focus on the now, okay? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't all have to be negative. We can, we can, we can do this, Gino. And I think Stokely Hathaway sucks. I think that maybe there was some rose colored glasses in NXT like cuz the creed brothers were not talkers so they kind of put this guy with them oh he could talk sure but even in NXT maybe it was the triple h directing him or maybe Sean directing him somebody uh like somebody needs to be there and how do we not have like him coming to AEW maybe it's the same problem for Ethan Page with this amount of freedom you're kind of left to your own devices and i do not think we have been delivering on our stokely hathaway he may not have been maybe he does need some form like not entirely harnessing but someone to give him like advice for him to talk to and not just be like oh you're free to say whatever do whatever you want to like have someone he could discuss shit with a plan and not just go free for so let's go with your boy here let's take a look jerry jarrett I mean, I could not believe this, Gino. Like, you just you sent me a video and you just said R.I.P. And it was Mike Tanay and Jerry Jarrett. Now, in my head, I thought Mike Tanay was dead. I thought, no way. How did Mike Tanay die? I did not see that coming. Gino, why would you do this to me? 
but I was completely wrong. You were trying to tell me Jerry Jarrett has passed away. And as we were saying either minutes ago or before we went live, I cannot remember, um, he's been more relevant than ever now. Like with with Jeff Jarrett's podcast, Welcome to My World. Having My World as, as, as a podcast has really reminded me or at least let me know Jerry Jarrett's hand in, in all of professional wrestling, as they say. So uh, a little bit shocked by this news. But you do read how old he is, and it kind of makes it like, oh, well, I guess he was 80. You know, like in our, in our heads, Jeff Jarrett's only 41. But no, he's like, he's up there too. Legendary Memphis promoter Jerry Jarrett passes away at 80 years old. Jarrett has been battling cancer of the esophagus, which is in your throat, you know. It's in that region there. Um, Jarrett, a booking genius. Now, this is written by Dave Meltzer, I think. This is, is this from Meltzer? Yeah, this is Dave Meltzer five hours ago. So I want, he wrote this, Gino. A booking genius whose style of television with the emphasis on interviews and skits as opposed to matches was in his era the closest to modern wrestling, passed away this morning at the age of 80. He'd been battling cancer. He passed away undergoing treatment, according to a family friend. Jarrett, whose mother worked in the wrestling office with Nick Gallus and Roy Welsh, blah, blah, blah. Um, So, yeah, it, it is... It is a wrestling legend. This is somebody like, you know, everyone talks about the Memphis Territory and working for the Jarrett's and a weekly television program out of the same city every single week. These guys were able to make that work. They didn't pay the talent. That probably helped a lot. But an influential figure regardless. What What is your take like with like on Jerry Jarrett before, like, before death? Because I know when people died, you know, you really romanticized their entire career. You're like, well, clearly Brody Lee was a top 10 in-ring competitor. Like you just, once somebody dies, you're all in like, well, Pat Patterson should have been given a longer run as Intercontinental Champion. So what do you think about Jerry Jarrett? I feel that I agree with Stone Cold when it comes to Jerry Jarrett and the Jarrett's. They're all pieces of shit, but you know what? They're carnies yeah. for a reason, and I respect their hustle because they are all but the hustle and the drive of keeping this business alive, and they knew what they were doing. So Stone Cold, he didn't deserve anything from Jerry Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett knew what he was doing. He wanted to book great territory. And he did. And I like when you when you hear about Memphis and you hear about USWA, you even hear like guys like Kurt Angle, like that was where they kind of sent him to get his feet wet, like go to USWA and, and work there. And uh, obviously they were, you know, when Jerry Jarrett's the booker and the promoter, you do have guys like Jeff Jarrett getting a big push down there. Him and Jerry Lawler, like all, you know, like just imagine how long they were on top. You don't hear many other guys becoming like huge stars out of Memphis, right? Like those are kind of the only – and even Jeff Jarrett wasn't wasn't getting over Jerry the King Lawler. So, yeah, Austin worked there. He didn't get paid. Kurt Angle got there. They didn't really know. How, they wanted they they wanted Kurt to be like USWA champion, and the Jarretts were like, "Well, why? Why would we do that?" So, well, we're trying to we want to push Kurt as a main eventer, and they're like, "Well, well, why?" <laughs> like they just weren't on board with a lot of the details. They weren't the best developmental system for WWE at that time, I suppose. Although it all worked out for Kurt Angle in the end. So. Um, Jared and Lawler would rotate as bookers every six months. Eventually, after Lawler made a power play with Russell, Jared cut Lawler in for 50% of the promotion. Jared remained in the promotion until 1997 until he sold the company. So maybe that's why like WWE kind of took it over, right? Like WWE came in and that's where they were able to send Kurt Angle. They wanted it to be a developmental territory, which is always kind of funny to hear Triple H talking about how WWE never had a farm system. It's They would always have these USWAs, OVWs, FCWs. Is that just is that him being a meathead again, like not understanding that there's always been sort of a developmental brand for WWE? 
But I think it's he sees when he thinks like when a farm exists, he wants to like the power plant. He never had the power plant. He had all these former territories. He's like, this is not the same thing. We need a real power plant. That's what the PC became is his power plant. He's so proud of that's completely different than a fucking territory that became developmental. But even OVW is like accredited with like, oh my gosh, they made John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar. They had this string of talent that was, they would just send him to Kentucky and say, hey, you're going to make $40,000 a year. Go learn how to wrestle. Danny Davis would train the guys. They would, Jim Cornette was there. Jim Cornette was there booking the shit. Uh, I don't feel very well, Jim. I don't know if I can hit my Cornette tonight. And and then even Paul Heyman was there for a little bit working with CM Punk. So whenever I hear Triple H say there's no farm system, and then I hear you say, well, it wasn't like a power plant. Wasn't it? How do you get Leviathan? How do you get Brock Lesnar and not say we didn't? How do you say we didn't have a power plant? That's exactly what we had. That's completely different. That's OVW. OVW was not AV. It was not a performance center like we have. We have performance center now with just the power plant. The power plant was basically just a performance center before a performance center existed. OVW was just a shitty little territory that Alice Snow ran. That's what the power plant was, too. I think you're romanticizing the power plant. The w- you're talking about the WCW power plant, right? Yes, the only power plant that ever existed, WCW. But that WCW power plant was also just a gym. It was just a fucking... Like it was a shitty hole in the wall gym. It was never like a fancy. Oh my gosh! Like I can't wait to go. Like it wasn't state of the art. It wasn't soda. I know it wasn't soda. It was not the performance. It was where Triple H got the idea of the performance. If it was not for Ray Rumble showing us the power plant, we would never have gotten to see the PC. I don't think that's true at all. I think you're just saying that to get under my skin. But because even the PC, I think he was going for more of the NFL combine. Like they even have a little fucking combine that Bianca Billard was awesome at. But when you go back and look at the power plant, it's not like it was this impressive, like, dude, like this is what every wrestling company should try to should try and strive for. Do you, are, are you romanticizing it? Do you remember what the power plant looked like? I remember some things where I might be romanticized just wishing that we still had the power plant in 2023. Yeah, it wasn't good, Gino. I think you're, WCW was the company that lost. So I hope you're like, look at it. It's just a gym. It's not like it's this, there's no arena really. It's, it's, it's Bulldog Jim and Glendora with three wrestling rings. Like they have this, uh, Tyler Breeze has one of these It's called flatbacks. So basically, flatbacks learned from the power play as well. But see, the power play created all, all these amazing state-of-the-art pro wrestling training facilities. But didn't OVW also look like this? Then I mean, Empire Wrestling Federation and Covina had one of these too. Like you could throw a bunch of rings in a warehouse, and like th- that's that's what all the wrestlers were doing. That this is what wrestling gyms looked like forever. I think WCW just wanted to brand one and show it on TV. To give the illusion, like, well, if you want to be a wrestler, you WCW was so okay breaking kayfabe. They had no, they had no fucks. Kevin Nash would be on TV saying, "I have created control, so I'm going to go over." And like that would be part of the storyline was Kevin Nash is the Booker. So they were they were very much on board with, "Hey, we'll show people we'll show people our power plant, so maybe they'll want to come work for us and not Vince." And maybe that might be the case. That's why WCW should have won, but they didn't. It's so sad. If only we had the power plant to be more and more advanced over the years. Yeah, look at that back, dude. What a back. But, uh, yeah, th- I, like, I think WCW – Well, and, and going back when you rewatched WCW, it was like 
it's hard to say what was awful, what wasn't. Like, you know, because I, I watch Attitude Era stuff and sometimes I get annoyed. Like, why did I like this? But WCW is the same way. It's like, dude, Vito. Vito like, the full-blooded Italians, you know, like – is that is this working? Is the demon working? Is Vampiro working? Like they they had so many they had a mishmash of shit going on. It's hard to say if I like WCW or not. ECW is the same way. I'll, I'll be watching ECW like this is great, and then two guys in masks will come out as a tag team. Like who the fuck are these guys? And yeah, no one ever remembers the Baldies. No one remembers the Dicks. All these tag teams they existed for a very brief period that we forgot about. Yeah, so I don't know, like I. I think that the power plant for for what it was, it still wasn't a territory. They didn't put on shows like OVW did. I think when you go back and look at what OVW was, I think it was a better place to learn how to wrestle at least. Because like, you're Triple H wanted NXT on TV, and that was like his big thing was NXT needs to be on TV because these guys need to get ready to be in front of a camera. Um, you know, like Leviathan, let's type that in because. Is it Le- Kane versus Leviathan? Sin with Sin? Are you serious, Gino? In Ohio Valley Wrestling, like I, I think the production and the performance that they would put on at Ohio Valley was a lot more like, hey, get ready! Like this isn't just some gym where you get you, you don't do curls here. You're here to learn how to be a character and learn how to wrestle. That may be the case, but let us see how this compares to the power plant. This. Well, for, first of all, and for po- for podcasters, I do have a video of like you know of OVW era Batista. Give it big show of backdrop suplex, by the way, and like even just look at this, like the way they're treating that. There's a promo package leading up for this match, and you get the vibe of like this is just a wrestling show. Like, and even though Batista just fresh out of bouncing people at clubs in Washington D.C., he's still learning how to work in front of a crowd. There's an audience here. The power plant was just a gym, Gino. It may have just been a gym, but it was based on the PC that then set you up to work Thunder instead of OVW. Not even Thunder, dude. That, that was for like the WCW Saturday Night. Like the, that was for dark match shit. Like those house shows for WCW. When you go back and read the results, it's so funny. They give you like Buff Bagwell versus Lex Luthor or Lex Luger. That'd be the main event, and then the seven matches before that, you would not know any of the guys. Like it was, it was literally tryouts, and then they would give you one match that you would care about. Dude, Kane and OVW. These this crowd is in for a treat, my friend. They're loving this match that we're that we're that we have on, on, on behind us, but yeah, I, I think Triple H making a comment like that, like, oh well, you know, the, there's no farm system. The Indies are drying up. It's I'm watching this OVW like this is your farm system. You have Kane going down to work with Batista before you know what you have with Batista. That's true. And then now with OVW in 2023, like, even though, like, I don't mind out, so he's doing a decent job with what he's doing, especially with Jesse, Mr. Pectacular. But that's the fire system. Then again, we need just bring Jesse and WWE. Bring him in. He's ready. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you always forget OVW is still functioning. Like, because they lost that contract in what, like 2009? Like, they stopped being the developmental a long time ago. And then it switched to Florida Championship Wrestling. And Jesse, yeah, Jesse Goddard's Mr. Spectacular from Big Brother, one half of the or one half of the Bromans. Did they have a different name when they had DJ Z? No, they were still hashtag Bromance. That's okay. the best tag team. We love DJ Z though. Yeah, they had the Bromans. Oh, look at these Batista punches. They were shitty. That's why he was still working in developmental. Uh, 
But yeah, like they're still running shows. Jesse's still there. Is it because he's like 5'10"? Why do you think Jesse Mr. Pectacular? See, like they do with like Mr. Stone or fucking DJ C or what's called the fucking Nut Cruise Notorious, the other one, Walking Wild. They see Walking Wild, they see Mr. Stone like these two are stars. They look look at Jesse's like this motherfucker's just a meathead why do we not why do we not why don't we sign him they're like no we don't see any star power and we only see it in Mr. Stone and Walking Wild for some reason yeah I wonder I wonder why because even Jesse like it must be because he's 5'8 like he's short so he might have a like he might have a physique he's muscular but that's not it doesn't work when you're like look at uh, what's his face Buddy Matthews someone sent me a picture of Buddy Matthews Dude is fucking yoked out of his mind. But since since he's 5'7", uh, WWE has nothing for him. You would think that Triple H would at least try and bring him back and like, okay, we can uh, just make him a serious character and I think we could really we could do something with this guy. Like, he, you could, Triple H would know what to do with, with, a, with a yoked Buddy Murphy. But Jesse Goddard, maybe because he's, he's just short. Look at him. And he's not as yoked as he once was. We could, we could be critique. He's in great shape, but he looks like a cruiserweight. Yeah, he's not in like that amazing yoke shape when he was in the bromance, but he did have just fucking peaks on peaks on his fucking chest and shoulders, just being the fucking greatest of all time with his bro fucking Robbie. I just, a part of me just wishes maybe one day we will get Jesse Goddard in NXT just so we could get Mr. Stone managing Mr. Pectacular. It makes sense. It, it definitely makes sense. Like that's just an easy. But I get. Is he too old? I know Mr. Stone is pretty old too. But with the with the 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 vision, I think they're going for with NXT right now is they really want it to be like an OVW. They want it to be young dudes. They want it to be like the original OVW, the one with Batista. They want it to be people that are kind of underexposed and they're trying to see what they have, and they want them to be young. Like, hey, we can work. Because the, isn't there like that 180 day policy now? Like, if you don't show improvement within six months, we can fire you. Like, we're just going to cut you now. And they do have that. And like, I haven't seen anybody get released recently, at least as workers wise in NXT. So people seem to be doing well and improving, like a Von Wagner, which is great. So we do keep Robert Stone with him to improve <laughs> and make Von Wagner better. And, and is there any way to do that? Doesn't Von Wagner suck? I know you like shitty wrestling sometimes. Is Von Wagner a great example of that? Because when I was watching NXT 2.0 and they were trying to shove this Von Wagner, he was so clearly the one who didn't fit. We had a Braun Breaker. We had a Tony D'Angelo. We had a Carmelo Hayes. Like NXT 2.0 does have some shining pupils. But, of course, whenever you have that many examples, one of them is going to fall off. And I think that he's the perfect example of the guy that wasn't going to work out, was the big Von Wagner. Kind of looks like Edge, just like a not as like not as Edge version of Edge. It was He wasn't going to work out. So far, I think he has me to work out as this big man. He just he – just- Tonight, a pretty decent, a pretty good match, actually, with Wesley. And Wesley, again, he's a great worker anyway. So, like, you are new. It's going to be a good enough match in night. He's just like the worst actor ever. Is it? Can we not get this guy in the Groundlings with Chris Jericho? 
he does need to learn or again he the part of it's like he's intentionally being bad Cardona like Matt Cardona there's a little tongue-in-cheek with his his character right now but you but that's You're crazy, Steve. I think that that's well. Crazy Steve is really good at his gimmick, and Crazy Steve kind of. It just there's no way. There's no way it's close at all. But that's why we just get to look forward to their match. And hopefully that's going to just show that all this buildup, all this time, we're just Trey acting all scared because fucking crazy Steve is trying to assert dominance by tagging himself is going to end up being with Cod. Like, it's going to be interesting to see the match. Just like when we do see Jonathan Gresham and fucking Speedball, we have two truly clash of styles. We get to see if these two will be able to mesh and make an amazing contest like I feel they will. Is Jerry Jarrett in the WWE Hall of Fame? I mean, Meltzer wrote here that he's in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think he's just in the Wrestling Observer. He's never been in the WWE Hall of Fame. They've tried to stay away from the Jarretts, I feel, for Je years. What? Jeff Jarrett's in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Jarrett's the only thing. I don't think they want to respect Jerry Jarrett. I think they think Jerry's like never done anything good for Jerry. Well, when, when Vince uh, left for the steroid trial, they put Jerry Jarrett in charge. That's kind of a huge... That's a huge nod. That's a huge show of respect, isn't it? It is, but I just don't think they really care to honor him for that time because he then went to TNA. That's true. That's well. He went. That was eight years later. That was a that was a while after the steroid trial. TNA was created. You remember when we super kicked you right in the face? JBX art and movement. Thank you, JBX, for the follows. That sound played. Some of the sounders aren't playing. Gino, I don't know what exactly the issue is. Uh, maybe it's because this is the series finale. Like, this is the last Vellinis that we're ever doing. The last wrestling journalist. Because, I'm like, I swear. I was so like, oh, we got to get all this shit together. And then just the moments leading up to getting out here. It's so fucking hard to get out here, Gino. But I did it. We're here tonight. Um, is it Vellinis or my computer freezing? Or is it Gino's fault? I noticed that the, the, the bits per second were, it's crashing again, Gino. I know it's crashed again, but we're still here. We're going to be here no matter what. I'm going to be here no matter what. So we're going to find a way to make this happen every single week, no matter what, because we want to give you all the great content you all deserve. When is the Gino solo project? When are we getting that, Gino? You know, I got to get a better PC. That's my biggest issue. A good PC that can handle this. And my fun connection is also getting worse and worse, it seems. So I do need <laughs> like be willing to pay extra, give my family more money so we can be having a better fucking air besides this goddamn T-Mobile garbage. It says that it's working right now. I mean, I, it says it's going now. So I don't know for, for all my trouble.live people. I don't know if it is going. 
Uh, but I sure hope that it is. I see TK in the chat says it's frozen. JB Art Movement says it's frozen. Tyler's rejoining. Sniper Main just got here. Hopefully we can get some confirmations if it is still frozen or not. But I'm seeing the K the kilobits per second at a high range. There's also guests at the house right now, Gino. Like that's the other thing is I have guests. So they're using Wi-Fi. They're using internet. We have to share the stuff. And yeah, I imagine that is that's one of the other reasons my voice is almost gone. It's one of the other reasons I'm exhausted. Like, you would assume having people here would make it easier. It makes it way harder, Gino. And that's why hopefully there might be easier weeks than this week. Hopefully next week will end up being the easiest week of all time. Everything gets set up. You just get to be a come right out here, and we don't just have this be the last fleas of all time. Dude, you're so right. That's what, it ha that, that's what it's going to be. Like, next week, I'm going to be able to get Ralph to bed at his bedtime because that was my other goal. Was like, like, I knew it. I knew it, Gino. I knew that he wasn't going to go to bed, like, without me. Like he needed me to go to bed. like he needed me to go to like put him to bed, and when he's telling me at eight thirty it's bedtime, I'm like, oh my god, like it's I'm sorry. Okay, but we're here, Gino. We're here. We survived. Don't worry, Gino. Um, so rest in peace, Jerry Jarrett. I do think his legacy is USWA having a territory that then became almost that developmental system for WWE. That is a huge accomplishment. Like you look at what WWE, WWE did with the ECW. Like you know, they they just gave them money and said, "Hey, we're going to steal your talent. Here's some money." USWA was also still running as like its own company, and I think they positioned themselves to be a feeder system for WWE on purpose towards the later years there, because obviously the territories were just getting sucked up by anybody with a national television deal. If you're a wrestler, you would want to work for a national company, not a regional. So it made sense. So rest in peace, Jerry Jarrett, man. We we love you, bro. So. Gino, final thoughts. I just am glad that we have Jeff Jarrett alive for us to tell, for him to tell us all the stories that Jerry Jarrett would not be willing to tell us about his past, that we can know the truth about what was really going on during the territory days and into the later days, and not just be trying to tell us these fake lies of the past. Just make them look good. Battle in the Valley, Gino. It looks like your lady, Mercedes Monet. Are you are you back on board? The hair, the hair is off. She looked awful in that debut. I haven't watched New Japan since that fateful evening, uh, but she is fighting Kyrie in San Jose, California, at the Civic Center. Um, she is this redemption for for Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet. Like, are you excited that she's getting this like headlining this feature spot for New Japan this soon? I am excited to see her return to the ring and actually have a full match to see if she could still hang like how she would back in Davey, even in the tag team run with Team Bat. And is, is this Josh Alexander? Is this really him? Is he on this card? Yes, he is. We got some Impact guys represented here because Impact and New Japan have a great working relationship, just like AEW has a great working relationship with New Japan. Well, that's why I heard about this card. That's why I heard about this match. Like, I, I've, like, um, or heard, yeah, I heard about the Mercedes Monet. I'm watching Impact Wrestling, and it's like the battle in the valley. Like it, New, Japan does a great job at doing the most over the top, stereotypical like American promotions. Like it is like watching Cobra Kai. Like they are just so cheesy and gimmicky with their. It's like Yu Yu Hakusho in real life. It's just this. Taka Splifinoko says Ric Flair was tired of him. Ric Flair was so done with Jerry Jarrett. You and your old man. Fuck you, Jeff. That was awesome. Um. And so Fred Fred Rosser, by the way, Darren Young, is the strong openweight champion. I didn't know that. He's fighting Kenta. So there's some big things happening at this event. You know, are you excited? 
I am excited for this, just like I'm also excited for, speaking of New Japan, the whole multiverse continuing on this year where we're going to have a match that's going to be fucking probably match of the year. Just like in multiverse, we had Alex Shelley speedball last year. This year, we have Will Ospreay speedball. Dude, we have Okada versus Tanahashi in San Jose. Why are we not going? That sounds awesome. Kyrie versus Mercedes Monet. Obviously, I think they're kind of treating that as their... That's the draw, right? If you're an American who doesn't watch New Japan, you hear Sasha Banks is having a wrestling match, you're going to go to the show. They can get away with having some other matches that people might not want to see or might not be familiar with. Although New Japan Strong is based in Los Angeles, right? They're trying to make that like the California promotion. Yeah, they're trying to make that their California territory, the L.A. Dojo, where even Kushida's bringing guys in from the L.A. Dojo with him to impact like his tag team partner he had for a couple weeks, and now he's gone. Now it's just time machine. Let's go through this card together. Like, Let's do some picks because it is kind of fascinating that we have a pay-per-view coming up this weekend for a company that you watch a little bit more of. I don't watch New Japan, so I, I watch some matches, but I don't follow. It's, it's, it's harder to follow. There's not a weekly... There's not a New Japan Raw on Mondays, so I don't know when I'm supposed to watch it or when I'm supposed to follow it. So, uh, Mascara Dorada, Josh Alexander, Adrian Quest, Rock Romero. Who is Adrian Quest? He's not even clickable. And who's Mascara Dorado? Is he awesome? I remember correctly, that is Grand Metalik. Oh, that's what it says. He's a great worker. And I'm looking forward, like I feel, that this is going to be a really good contest. I think the other guy is from uh, the LA Dojo, the guy who is not clickable. So we do have Josh Alexander like, to help put these guys over. But Josh Alexander, I think he's going to get the big dub. Dude, Volador Jr., Kushida, and then two guys that are not clickable. Volador looks like Seth Rollins, but Mexican, Gino. This guy looks great. Kushida's in this match. So this is just a mishmash of bullshit, Gino. Are we paying money to see this? $20? We might be paying money to see this, but this is also going to be setting up for the multiverse of matches that we're going to have, which is Kushida versus Josh Alexander in WrestleMania week. So, and then Kenta versus Fred Rosser. That's for that strong championship. I don't watch strong. I did watch it a little bit during the pandemic. Um, but I didn't know, like, Fred Rosser was the champion there now. Does it make sense to put a belt on Kenta for something that's in America? How often is he going to be here? Do you think Kenta puts over Fred Rosser? That doesn't sound right, does it? I feel like this could be a time where Kenta will put over Fred Rosser, especially if we do get some involvement with, like, Time Machine because they might be wanting to set up for No Surrender at New Japan's event. They could do that. Well, they could be building up No Surrender, or you brought up the multiverse. They could be building up for that. And there's always a Slammiversary not that far away. Like, we're, all, we're, we're not – or there's even a pay-per-view before that. Is an Impact Rebellion – that's their April pay-per-view. So there's definitely time to build – uh, more matches, and if New Japan and Impact, they, they have a legit working relationship now. Like the Motor City Machine Guns are their champions for strong; they're featured heavily on Impact. Um, we we have Josh Alexander, the champion, on this card. Uh, it makes sense. Why not do a little bit more like uh, cross promotion? So, uh, Motor City Machine Guns are in action. They're taking on the West Coast Wrecking Crew. That's Royce Isaacs, formerly of the Wild Cards, with Tom Lama and Joral Nelson. Uh, that sounds like a fun match. Then there's Jay White versus Eddie Kingston. I'm still not on the Eddie Kingston bandwagon, dude. I've always been like an Eddie Kingston boy, but I think it's because I was watching Chikara and seeing this guy be able to cut these amazing promos, these amazing stories that they had long-term booking with him. And I just, 
and him trying to represent like showcase like all all Japan, new like the whole fighting spear fighting road, and him being that like wrestler wanting to go through the entire experience and be one of the few gaijings that would go through it all and be able to handle it all. Like I think Akings is a great worker, and him versus Jay White, I think could be a really good contest. Could be, but it won't be. Maybe it will be. Tom Lawler, I always forget he's hanging around. He was one of my favorites in MLW. Um, he's taking on Homicide. Homicide's still doing his thing out there. Clark Connors, one of your favorites, taking on Zack Sabre Jr. for the NJPW World Television Championship. Uh, I'm not. A, I don't like. I don't like either one of those guys. Kyrie versus Mercedes Monet. So that's kind of the that's the big one. I guess there's two. I mean, they have the, the women's championship and they have the World Heavyweight Championship. So the those two champ like because this card obviously is built off of New Japan Strong. A lot of these guys don't work regular New Japan shows. Some of them do, like you see Zack Saber on there. There are there is some attempt to let the crowd in California know, like, hey, this is a a New Japan show. Um, Mercedes Monet, is she getting that belt first try? I don't think she is. I think we're gonna have Kyrie have this big win against Mercedes Monet. Monet loses her big debut match. Just like it's sadly it's obvious that Okada's gonna win his match because they're still setting up for Keiji Muda's bye bye event where we need like him to be world champ because he's fighting the champion of Noah as well. But Tanahashi is also old. Like you don't need to have Okada. Okada's still in the prime of his career. He's he's the new ace. So why not have him beat the ace at this show in America? That'd be fun. Sniper made in the chat. How much is this? It's only nineteen ninety nine. That commercial made sure that I knew, Gino. It's only twenty bucks. It's like the price of going to the movies. Might as well watch the New Japan. Oh yeah, it's a really good deal for this amazing car where we do get to see Mercedes Monet's return to the ring to see if she can still hang like she would back in WWE team with Naomi reforming team back. Dude, her hair is awful. I I cannot stand like the weird spots of blue in her hair. Like, I know that that was probably it. Probably took so long. Whoever did it did a good job, but it looks like shit. Well, we're going to see how her hair is going to look for this new look, this new attire, because it's amazing wigs that she has, amazing weaves she's had, and we're just going to see what the new weave is going to be. Dude, shots fired. So, Gino, speaking of, like, really random, just, like, shit wrestling, um, Alex Riley. So this was sent to me by multiple people. A lot of people were very, very fascinated with his return. What happened? What happened to, to Alex Riley? Do you know? I don't know. I feel glow my dancing. I don't know, but I was just excited because I was able, like, because I barely caught up with uh, fucking NWA, but I was following EC3. I was very interested in what Control Your Narrative and the, the central character was doing and him just trying to bring this motherfucker in. Be like, this son of a bitch needs to come back to the ring. And he wanted to reform him. And he also, earlier in the show, EC3 had an interview where he officially did sign with new nwa and him a controller narrative is a part of nwa but he got this match and he was beating the fuck out of this rusty ass motherfucker who couldn't get in the ring he wasn't prepared but then we got this spot where he finally got his shine this baby face got his moment took off his shirt that he was working the entire match for it did did this oh great so this is an amazing dive so alex riley for those who forgot um he was the mrs pupil he was a part of nxt two because Daniel Bryan was uh, NXT season one, Alex Riley was season two. That was the new. That was Miz's new person, and I don't know. He was he was pretty good at being a silly second to the Miz. It he was perfect in that role of like Letterman jacket goofball following around the Miz, and they try to do that thing. Um, 
They, they try to do it. Wait, what is that? And mod banned me for no reason. Tom29. I was reading something in the chat, Gina. Um, and you look at Alex Riley, and he he. they try to do the thing, like, the, you know, the Diesel and Shawn Michaels. They did the Virgil and, and Million Dollar Man, where the, 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 the sidekick now becomes the hero. He wants to overcome the villain. And he got a couple of wins over The Miz on TV and on pay-per-view. So they tried. They tried to push him a little bit, but... It, it just didn't stick. It didn't work out. I don't think people believed in Alex Riley. Uh, and then he, I remember in NXT when he kind of was wearing all black and his gimmick was he had like a temper. He had like, he would throw temper tantrums and he was, he would get really violent out of nowhere. So they were trying, they were trying things with Alex Riley, but what, what, what do you think it was? Why do you think it just fell through? I, I, Again, I can't know. I don't know any reason why that fell through. Why his commentary didn't succeed? Why it then became all oh, you get to wrestle one more time, and then that didn't fall into place? And then him as an actor, I don't know why that didn't succeed for him to be able to get into superstardom. I just don't know why the varsity athlete was not able to be a part of the new varsity athletes in AEW. Yeah, because he even had, like, you you brought up Glow. He was on Glow. He had a little bit of a television role, which I thought, hey, good for him. Like, this this will probably keep him around in, this will, this will keep him around in the eyes of the wrestling community. Because we, we love Glow. We love seeing Carlito on Glow. We love seeing Brodus Clay. Like, whenever, any wrestler outside of wrestling, you tell me, like, if you told me Konosuke Take a Shit is going to be on, uh, NCIS. I want to watch it. I'm like I just have to know. I have to see it. So here's a moment from this match, Gino. I guess this one has Michael Cole commentary. Should I let the audio play? It's up to you if you want to have the audio play or just have it not play the first time or whatever. It's up to you. It's just this. This is a great dive. Already one of the things I hate. So for those who are listening on the podcast, um, Alex Riley is wearing uh, looks like just jeans, like black jeans or black track pants from from Costco, and then he's wearing Adidas. Why, what is this new era of guys just wrestling in regular clothes? We want to at least portray the illusion like like that they're athletes, that they have to wear specific gear, specific uniforms to be able to compete in their sport. It's kind of annoying to see a guy. I mean, this guy looks like he's about to do a set of curls at the gym, Gino. It was annoying seeing him wear this NWA t-shirt, the pants, the sneakers, and EC3 just jacked to the gills, being a fucking athlete, and just fucking making this dude look like a total dork, especially after this. So he rips the shirt off, and then he... Oh, no, that was bad. Okay, so for those who are listening on the podcast, he tries to do the awesome dive where you you jump over the corner. You don't do like just a regular tope. You have to jump over the turnbuckle. You got to jump over the ring post. And EC3 was nowhere near Alex Riley for this. So, I mean, it is like a five foot. It's a huge miss in regards to like how, like, oh, my, dude, like not even close. And if you're EC3, why aren't you getting closer? Why do you? That This is bad on both spots. This is why EC3 is not anywhere either, Gino. Listen, EC3 knew what he was doing, though. He wanted to make this dude look like a total dwarf because he was. Because after this, either because maybe A-Rai was getting hurt, he was like, I need to go to the finish. Or they just said something like, you're going to do this dive, you're going to get so fucking popular, and then we'll get to the finish. Because the finish happens right after EC3 throws him in the ring, puts him in his fucking submission hold, he calls the purpose, and A-Rai taps out like a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he got hurt during the dive, you know. What do you mean? <laughs> well, maybe you did it this way. No, definitely. Uh, so he wrestles in his shirt, number one. 
So why did he comes back to wrestling to wrestle in a shirt? And he was a body guy. So it, like, why is he doing this? He rips the shirt off. He doesn't even look that bad with the shirt off, Gino. Oh, it's just such a miss. It's so bad. And then, yeah, that's how he gets hurt. He lands right on his fucking back. Yes, he just couldn't be getting enough fucking air in that landing. And again, EC3, he knew what he was doing. He was trying to get into position, but this guy just couldn't jump high enough in the right time. You, no, you're right. EC3 did the, the, the right thing. Like, if you're if you're in a, in a real contest, a real fight, you would absolutely do this. You would absolutely not catch the guy. But if you're in a wrestling match, we'd assume you're trying to protect the guy you're working with, and you would be there to wear the dive or, or catch him a little bit. Uh, oh, he looks so bad running like that. But EC3 sucks. He's the, he, this is why he's wrestling in NWA now. Remember remember when he left WWE, we were all so curious to see what he was going to do. Then he picked Ring of Honor. He picked like the company that died. Then he tried to launch his own company, and that company died. And now here he is in NWA wrestling Alex Riley. Yes, but at least here on NWA, their champion is on TV every single week on Fox. He's the best part. He's on television all the goddamn time. They're world champions. So you know what? Good on NWA. No one to put the belt on a guy who's actually on television. Yeah, yeah. That's the, on Fox News, you mean. They're, they're, they went with the Fox News. And I knew that was their idea was, hey, we'll give it to a guy who's on Fox News. He can take it to Fox News. NWA can get some more rub. They definitely weren't getting any rub from uh, Trevor Murdoch, so it was fine to, to take the belt off. Trevor Murdoch being champion, I thought, did more damage to NWA than good. Like I think they all thought they would have this Daniel Bryan like moment of, like, oh, the underdog did it. But unfortunately, their underdog was Trevor Murdoch, somebody that we've already seen before and somebody that we weren't rooting for like we were a Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it does suck. But speaking of like Trevor Murdoch, he did have a match also on Enough Said, and he's not in that great of shape. But his match with Chris Adonis, I thought that was really entertaining because it's just a slugfest. Two old brutes just trying to beat the fuck out of each other to see who can outlast the other. But Trevor Murdoch was not looking in a great shape compared to the Adonis. <laughs> well, yeah, I like the way you, you put that too. Like Trevor Murdoch always not in the best shape. Like that's been his gimmick his whole career is that he's not in good shape. He's just a fat redneck, and that gimmick is cool. But I never thought it'd be world champion cool. Like I always say that, and I don't think wrestling companies give a shit, which is fine. You know, it's their shit. If it works for them, it works for them. But as as a kid, when I would get my copy of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and you would look at who the, the world champs were, and you would see like. The champion of WWE would be Brock Lesnar, and then the champion of TNA is Jeff Jarrett. You're like, well, I want to see Brock Lesnar, Jeff Jarrett, or I want to see whoever the champion of, of Ring of Honor is. Like, I want to see who's Brian Danielson. I want to see him versus Jeff Jarrett. So when you when you're here, I am as an older man, and I'm looking at world champion of Raw is Roman Reigns, and then I go to NWA, and the world champion is Trevor Murdoch. Like, it's not even close. That's true. That's why we have to give it to Tyrus. And that's why right now I would love to see Tyrus versus Roman Reigns. I think that'd be a barn burner of a match anyway. But even Tyrus isn't the guy. Like, at least with Nick Aldis, you can kind of create the illusion that, well, he never worked in WWE. He's a true original and he's a main eventer. Like, they, they built him up to that level. Tyrus, even after leaving WWE, was just EC3's bodyguard. And even in NWA, he was just like a television champion. Him being their world champion just shows they don't have enough guys to have like a serious wrestling company. 
That is true, and it just sucks. Like how the match with McIntyre, I thought this is going to be the time, even though the whole simulation is no seconds, no managers. Like, okay, Matt could still win, and they just decide no, Matt's a loser. He gets hit with that fucking choke, and it's done. He loses. So, Gino, we are the official uh, Impact Wrestling podcast. So, before we ride off into the glorious sunset, uh, we need to go over, uh, first of all, a little bit of what happened last week. We're building towards a fatal four way at No Surrender. That's like ultimately what we're building to and where we're going. So, we already have two people qualified. We have Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler. He got a big victory over Dirty Dango. Were you shocked? Like, I was kind of shocked. I love Brian Myers, but to see Dirty Dango kind of getting this weird push and then burial that was weird i mean we always want to get weird with dirty dango but i feel like this was the moment to be like okay he could still get involved in the fatal forward he probably still will because we want to keep the storyline going with brian myers and dirty dango we sadly know with the other man who's gonna win unmatched this thursday because they need to have that storyline go so we already sadly know one spoiler oh i don't know the spoiler i can't wait to talk about it with you uh, PCO also qualified. He is also uh, moving on to no surrender. Uh, I I don't like PCO. I'm still not on the PCO train. I, I just I think he's awful. I think he represents everything I hate about Impact Wrestling. Everything I hate about wrestling, uh, and really the fans who like him. Like I didn't mean to make this personal, you know, but this guy sucks. So it's fascinating how much you like him. It almost makes me hate him more. Because in a world where I want to treat this like a sport, or I want to treat this like like it's entertaining, here's somebody who's not entertaining, but everybody embraces him because of how shitty he is. How could you not see the French Canadian Frank? I, I don't understand how you can't understand that this is entertaining. And that's what I'm saying. PCO's in this match. So it is spoiling that this week, because we have Heath versus Eddie Edwards. Oh. Now with PCO in this fatal forward, you thought Heath what, was gonna who win. Who do you think's gonna win? <laughs> yeah, Heath. That makes sense. Eddie Edwards does have an ongoing storyline with PCO. It doesn't make sense for him to win. Heath is gonna beat Eddie Edwards. No problem for the fatal forward. You were expect like if they would have done Eddie Edwards versus like even Macklin versus Rhino. You think Rhino is getting in? It's pretty obvious who's advancing to this fucking match, which. Makes it even more curious. It's going to be three heels versus one babyface, right? Eddie Edwards versus Heath, Steve Macklin versus Rhino, and then that leaves Brian Myers, PCO, Macklin, and Edwards. There's only one babyface in that. But I guess if you have heel Josh Ale- or babyface Josh Alexander taking on babyface Rich Swan, you're already kind of anticipating you're going to get a babyface, babyface, like a babyface champion is leaving no matter what. They're going to be fighting a heel at the next event. Yes, so it sadly does tell us that PCO is never, he's not going to get a world title match in Impact. He's going to lose this match because we want to see two pay-per-view events, babyface, babyface in a row. How about the fucking way they, they built this Rich Swan versus Kenny King thing? Like, Kenny King is talking shit to Josh Alexander, and Rich Swan just happens to be walking by. And then, and then Rich Swan slaps Kenny King, like, out of nowhere. And then, like, what was that? So they're having a match next week, Gino. There needs to be some sort of conflict, right? Like, they didn't, they can't have Rich versus Josh. Like, they can't have them hate each other. So they're using Kenny King as a bit of like a, like a stepping stone. Like, what a weird build for this. It is a weird build. Just like it's also weird that Kenny King's like, I lost, but I exposed that speedball. Mike Bailey is a piece of shit who would murder somebody to get a win. So it proves that I was right. I'm just an athlete. I'm better than speed. 
Well, I basically beat Speedball if you really think about it, even though I lost to Speedball. It makes I, no sense. Yeah, I have no idea how, how they're trying to make that make sense because it just doesn't. It does not for me. Uh, Bullet Club. So this was announced for No Surrender. Bullet Club is going to be taking on Time Machine. Next week, Chris Bay is taking on Kushida. It, like, if this was me a couple of years ago when I was just first getting back in Impact, this is the kind of match that really hooked me in. Like TJP versus Chris Bay, Chris Bay versus Josh Alexander, Ace Austin. I always credit like four or five guys as the reason why I really got back in Impact Wrestling, Chris Bay being one of them. I'm excited for the match next week, but moreover, Time Machine Bullet Club, uh, I like the idea of that match happening at No Surrender. Um, but Gino, Tiana Parazza and Giselle Shaw on the pre-show, that sounds – like I love how they built that in like 60 seconds. The Black Widow of Impact Wrestling got chili poured on her. Um, and then they announced that match is going to happen at the event, but they don't say it's on the pre-show. I'm looking at Meltzer's notes. It's a pre-show match now. Yeah. I think they announced it as like a pre-show match, which is going to get people get into the door and be like, you've got to come in before seven 30 Eastern Standard time to watch this amazing contest that we're finally going to have, which is El Shaw, the black widow of impact wrestling versus Deanna Parazzo, the virtuosa of impact. So next Thursday is the so we have one more Impact Wrestling and then we have next week is the go home and then the, and that Friday that Friday is going to be no surrender Gino so I'm looking at our calendars right now I'm trying to get mine cleared up I'd like to watch it on Impact Plus uh, or as an Ultimate Insider I'd like to watch it with everybody I think it's going to be a fun show Kevin's going to be there Tyle is going to be there um, I think it would be really really enjoyable to like all kind of watch together. So I'm working on that, Gino. Stay tuned. Stay stay into the Discord for more notes on that. But I think we might be watching that together. Hell yeah, I have off that Friday as well and the Saturday, so I'll be able to be right here with you if you want to just go have and have a discussion during it or even after it. I'm down, man. It's going to be an amazing Friday night for us to watch No Surrender together and fuck WWE that night. <laughs> yeah, just that one night, like all the nights. I didn't watch Raw last night, Gino. Anything notable? Just that Cody Rhodes did have a confrontation with Sammy, and we great moment where it's setting up like it could happen. Will this match happen? Will Sammy be able to somehow be the hometown boy to beat Roman Reigns? Don't they always do that, though? They always kind of do that. Like, they want you to think, because this Roman Reigns, Sammy's anything does need to be resolved, right? So we are on the road to WrestleMania. We're, we already know who the champion is facing at WrestleMania. We have to tease that Batista might actually challenge JBL at WrestleMania 21. We have to make it seem such like that, okay? Uh, Dakota's saying no surrender stream in the chat in all caps. Or not all caps, but at least exclamation points. That might happen, Gino. And that might happen, especially with another match that they get announced for no surrender that I'm really hyped for. Because I think it was like last week or the week before, we were talking about like NWA. We were talking about the Hex. And then just yeah, this man. Thursday, the moment happened, which I was so hyped for with Sinman bringing out his new alliance that he's finally moved off from Max Neopaler. Now he has the Hex. Now, dude, the Hex. Wrestling. Impact just gets it, all right? I'm shocked that you don't like AEW right now. I thought that was kind of fascinating. I even wrote that like as my main note. Like, why don't you think. Like, like. That's a whole other thing, Gino. Gino, I'm exhausted. I apologize to everybody. I'm not feeling well. It's been a very long fucking day. I want to be rested for the whole effing show tomorrow. So we are going to ride off into the sunset a little earlier than usual. But like I said, there's going to be more, Gino. We're not giving up. Once we get back to our normal routine next week, we're going to be totally fine. And then, and then let me check my schedule for next Friday. Maybe we are going to be able to get 
uh, a live stream after No Surrender. I know No Surrender ends at like 10 p.m. That should be a good time. It's a Friday night. I don't have. I might have work the next day, but I probably don't have work the next day. Uh, so I think we're going to be set up for for an amazing week coming up. Next week will be a Manscaped week. I don't want to advertise Manscaped when I'm not feeling well, when I'm when I'm like struggling to talk tonight. Um, so we'll take this week off from being Manscaped people, and next week we're gonna go so fucking hard. Hell yeah, we're gonna go so fucking hard and get setting up for that go home show for Impact's No Surrender. Then you and me going live to be able to discuss the amazing No Surrender and just be able to finally say fuck the WWE Impact for life. We are finally realizing what Bill and Doug were talking for years. RB2 for life. We know WWE sucks. TNA rules. You know, we're not saying all of those things. Only one of us is saying those. You're the one who is screaming at the top of your lungs that we're getting rid of WWE. We need to keep WWE, okay? WWE is still is still important to us and we still rely on it heavily. But Gino, let's play a little track and let's ride off into the sunset. I apologize to everybody. As you can hear the voice, I the voice just came back. It was gone all weekend. It's been 30 degrees, and then it was 70 degrees, and then it was 30 degrees. There's got to be a tornado coming soon, Gino. I'm t- fucking terrified. But let's any parting words before we go? I just hope you all have a great rest of your evening, rest of your night. Love you all, and I especially love you, Lee. So I hope you feel better soon so we can have an amazing TWFS tomorrow. Night. Gino, it's going to be great. I'm going to go to sleep immediately, and that will make me well-rested for tomorrow. Thank you, everyone, for being here tonight. Sorry for the short notice for the shorter stream, but we we did it. We did it big. It was a crazy day. It's been a crazy couple days. Thank goodness for all of you. Be with me tomorrow night, though. The whole effing show, it's going to be a great time. No Manscaped ads, Gino. Even if you, even though if you do get that performance package, you do save some money by using the promo code Vleeties. We're not doing that tonight, Gino. Good night, everybody. Retrograded. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gino. No problem, please. Love you, man. Love you.